Christmas. Woo. You awake? You awake? All right. 
Go ahead, Wayne. Oh. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Greeting ye denizens of Northeast Maryland. I always feel like this time of year I, I can speak old English now, you know, like, oh, come ye and where is thou ye, Christ child, stuff like that. It's a Christmas song. <laughs> so, you guys ready to sing a little Christmas song with us? The same one you just heard, we're going to do a little differently. We got our own flavor here at Haven Church. I stand on up. Some of you may have had a meal.
<laughs> oh my goodness. Right. me up. <laughs> Bob O'Reilly, there we go. You're now? Oh, I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna my sing some more. Goodness. All right. All right. Let's um, let's just go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today. We're just uh, coming together. From wherever we are, we're just coming together right now just to celebrate uh, Christmas. We're just here to stop the world around us, which is so crazy, so hectic, and just to stop right now and focus on something that happened over 2,000 years ago where you sent your son Jesus to be born in, of all places, a barn. And with, with, there was no majesty. There was no great thing that happened, but the greatest thing happened. And that's where you sent your son in the world, and he lived, he taught, he suffered, he died, but thank God he rose again to give us eternal life. And for that, we just joined together and thank you for that, Lord, because without Christmas, there is no Good Friday, there is no Easter. And so during the rest of this time, let us just stop and worship and glorify your name. For we ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, before you sit down, just tell somebody Merry Christmas, and then we're going to continue with our service. <laughs> we'll come, we'll come. You here still, Jacob? Come on up. All right. Um, my whole family was here, but um, many of you know for the last several years, Rachel's been struggling with migraines. Unfortunately, she had one today. So Melissa went home today um, after the last service to relieve my mother-in-law to go ahead and give a chance here. So I've got two kids here. Um, I think we'll give the fire to J Jacob, Hannah. Thank you very much. <laughs> and you can help me over here. All right. So um, we have been for the last several weeks lighting candles. Please stop. All right. There we go. Um, on the last several weeks, we've lit the candle. Um, we've lit the candles of hope, love, joy, and peace. So, Jacob, would you please light the purple ones, all three purple ones and the pink one, um, in recognition of Christ. For we know that we have hope, love, joy, and peace. And we have this in the season. It all comes together. And what we're lighting today, the third candle, which Jacob, I mean, the, the middle candle, the fifth one, which we light and recognize as the Christ candle. And as we light this Christmas Eve, the Christ candle, which is the center of the wreath, we recognize that this is a recognition of in Bethlehem where the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ, came. Jacob's going to read from us some words now from John chapter 8. Then Jesus spoke again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Who needs this light in their life this Christmas? A neighbor, a relative, a shut-in? A person who doesn't need any help. And then there's those people that some of you may have in your life, those people who seem a little nasty. Anybody have one of them? All right. If they're sitting next to you, look ahead and say no. Okay? <laughs> look around in your life. There's so many people who miss the true meaning of Christmas. Take stock of the relationships. They're hurting people. They're stumbling in the darkness, completely dead to the light of life, which Jesus spoke about in the verse that Jacob read for us. This Christ candle reminds us to see that even if we are focused on the right things in our life, we must also include others, and specifically those who don't know Jesus as the light of their lives. 
If we do not think of them, then we've missed the point of Jesus coming at all because many didn't have a clue who he was. And so this fifth candle would remain for them, not a burning fire and light, but a cold flame. Ultimately, the Christ candle shows us that Christmas is not about us. It has never been about you or about me. It is about Jesus and his love for those around us. It is about a grateful life lived to shine his salvation of hope to those in your life who do not get Christmas. You want to read this one? Who needs you this Christmas to light up their life with his hope, love, joy, and peace? Pray that Jesus shows you who needs to know him, everyone around you. The mailman, the clerk, the waitress, the widowed neighbor, the distant relative, or the person at the copy machine, the fellow student in your math class, all need to know Jesus is here and loves you. Be the miracle to them. Be the Christ cannot close. Go ahead. Go ahead. again. Be the Christ candle that glows Christ to a cold and dead world. Make a difference. Care for them. Serve them. Give them Jesus. We pray you will take this seriously and celebrate the birth of Christ differently this year by reaching out with some practical means and some practical ways to love and serve other people who are reading your life during this next coming year. Make a difference in someone's eternity this Christmas. Bow with me for a prayer. Lord, you have come as a tiny, fragile baby, yet we know that you are God and you are with us. May the flame of this candle remind us that you are the light of the world, that if we follow you, we will never walk in darkness, but we will have the true light of life and give that to everyone. In your name we pray. Amen. You want to say this? That's what the, that's what the Christ candle is all about. That's what the Christ candle is all about. Just need 
from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that the census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee of, to Judea, to the town of Bethlehem, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy, that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a company, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Yeah. 
that we were supposed to take an offering. So Fred, come back and sing it again. No, just joking. We're good. What a great job, huh? Isn't that one of the greatest songs that was done? And that. Great job, Fred. What we're going to do, I'm gonna, I'm, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make a change um, because I can. Um, and we're going to go ahead and we'll take the offering at the communion time.
Okay, so we'll, have, we'll also have people up a, in front with um, communion to go ahead that way and move on to sa- our service. Does that work? There we go. All right, so um, everybody okay? I can't, can't see you. I got a peek. Let me see. Um, it's kind of funny. It doesn't seem to me like it should be Christmas yet. Anybody else? It's weird with it being 70 degrees or 60-some out there. Um, like I said, I feel like we want to sing Melakaliki Maka. You know, anybody know that song? Um, and it just seems kind of odd. Uh, it seems like this year, I'm officially old because this is what old people say. It's the fastest year of my life. Anybody said that? You're old with me. Okay, there we go. But um, it just seems like the more and more time goes by, the quicker and quicker things pass. Um, and it seems like the pace is faster, and I think we miss out on a lot of things. But I got to tell you, I kind of love, I, you know, when I was a kid, I always loved Christmas Eve. I always loved Christmas. I remember counting down weeks, months, year. I bugged my parents nonstop to go ahead and open just one present. Can I open just one present? And then you'd open it, and it was like socks, and you're like, just one more. Just one more present. Can I go ahead and do that? Um, but I love, I love Christmas. I love the whole lights. I think the lights thing is cool. Um, I used to be somebody who put out plastic people all the time. You, remember, you don't see many of the plastic people unless somebody goes really crazy and has them out. Every, you know, every plastic person from 1921. Um, but there's those thing, kind of things. I remember as a kid not being able to sleep. You remember that? Now I'm old and I just get still in like a crouched position or like this and I'll fall right asleep. It doesn't matter. Um, but I remember not being able to sleep and wake up and looking out and see, seeing if Santa had come. Um, I like the food. I love the family foods that we all have, like casseroles. I think we have, everybody, anybody do casseroles? You're white trash like me. Okay, that's good. We love casseroles. Aren't casseroles good? Dump them in gravy. You just have them there. You keep putting them out. Anybody like casseroles? I like casseroles. It's good stuff. Um, Christmas songs, some of the most awesome Christmas songs. Isn't it kind of cool, Christmas songs? We wait, and once a year we sing these songs. Like, if you're in the middle of August and you start singing, Oh, come, all ye faithful, people will have you committed. If you start singing Jingle Bells at June, people will think there is something absolutely wrong with you. And one of the songs that when I was a kid, at first I didn't like, but then I thought it was really cool by the time I got about 8, 9, or 10, was that song, The Little Drummer Boy. Um, and I'm not talking about just the David Bowie one. That was kind of cool, too. But I, and the Bing Crosby one. But, like, I like saying rump-a-pum-pum. Didn't that make you feel good? Everybody say that with me. Pa-rump-a-pum-pum. Didn't that make you feel good? It means nothing, but you can say pa-rump-a-pum-pum. Why, why not just try to do that? When somebody comes up to you and asks a question, just go, pa-rump-a-pum-pum. <laughs> what do you think? Where's the directions to someone? Pa-rump-a-pum-pum. People look at you like you're crazy. Now, in Christmas time, you can get away with it. So I liked it because of that deal. Um, but I, I, you know, I really like this song because it's about all these people bringing gifts for a king. And they're really, really, really expensive gifts. All of them. And this one little poor kid has nothing to bring. And he shows up. Everybody's bringing all this wealthy stuff. And he comes in front, before Judy. I mean, before, uh, excuse me, Judy, not, not my mother-in-law. <laughs> comes, before, comes before Jesus. And he says, so listen. Same thing, I didn't get her anything for Christmas either. No. Um, but I went up, and he goes up, and he says to, her, he says to Jesus, um, I ain't got nothing. Can I play my drum for you? And then what does Mary do? Mary nods. I, I always wonder if she's like, Psh, you know, like that. Go for it. What else you got? Or she probably said, mm-hmm. 
hmm, let's go. I want to hear some drum. So he goes ahead, and he comes up, and he starts, boom, 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 boom. Mary nodded, rum, pum, pum, pum. And I like the song, because you say, rum, pum, pum, pum. You see there's all the other rich people coming up, and Jesus likes this little drummer boy better. And the other reason why I like the song, I'm going to be really honest. Kids, you can plug your ears. It's the only time you can say, where the oxen ask at time. It's the only time I could say ass and say it in church and not get in trouble for it. And, you know, if you're singing outside, oxen ass, your parents go, enough. All right, enough of that. You know, remember old English? Did anybody like that? How many of you giggle? Anybody giggle when you saw that? It's in the verse. It's in the song. I'll tell you. But I, I kind of got a kick out of saying that, right? You guys did too, didn't you? Anybody else get a kick out of that? Or you just meant it as me? All right. But I liked it for several reasons. And Jesus smiles, and it's pretty cool. But, you know, I just kind of liked it also because the song is all about when you don't have a ton of money and have done a ton of stuff, you can still please Jesus. And, you know, I have a lot of old memories of Christmas. You know, when you're a kid, you don't know whether you're rich, poor, somewhere in between, but it was always cool. There was always excitement. There was always something that you had and something that just made it special. I remember the Christmas where my parents decided to have sizzling. <laughs> Anybody remember sizzling? It's a fake bacon. How many of you remember sizzling? Raise your hand. How many have no clue what sizzling is? You can say, thank you, Jesus. All right? <laughs> Because it was a fake bacon substitute. That should tell you all you need to know right there. You're substituting bacon. That is going to get you to hell in the first place. But, but it stunk to high heavens when you cooked it. And I was about three or four, and it smelled like urine when it's cooking. Am I lying? And my family blamed me for peeing myself. I was like, no, get away from me. I didn't do it. And he said, oh, it's the bacon stuff. And then we sat and ate it. That's pretty demented. All right? But still, it was a great memory. Memories of where Jill got a dollhouse and I got a fire truck and I ran it on over and ran it up there. And we're talking about a Tonka truck. Like it's all metal. You guys know what I mean? Tonka. Not that cheap stuff, right? But I got to tell you something. As the years have gone by and I've gotten older, it's difficult to just have a good Christmas without being bombarded for the need and for telling us that we have a need to get stuff and to have stuff and to more stuff. Like I gotta tell you, a couple years ago, I think it was about four years ago, and it's still on now, but this one commercial sticks out to me. That dumb Lexus commercial. You with me here, Pete? All right. It was like every third commercial in around 2011. And because I want to share my dementia with you, I'm going to go ahead and show this on the screen. Can you show this, Melinda? I'm ready for your present? Yeah. All right, I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Sometimes the amazing as the gift. What do you think? It's the Lexus December to Remember sales event, offering some of our best values of the year, but only for a limited time. See your Lexus dealer. I am so annoyed right now, I gotta tell you. Have you seen this? No. Yeah. Nobody's ever seen this? It was on every other commercial a couple years ago. And you have two beautiful people with perfect hair, a perfect house, 
not ever had a zit in their life on their skin. They're about mid-twenties. They live in this extremely extravagant place. And she gives him an iPhone. And this is four years ago. That's a pretty good Christmas gift. Am I right? But it rings. And what does it ring? It plays the Lexus theme. And he opens it up. And there's a little picture of a Lexus there. And he goes... And they look lovingly at you. Thought I just got you the iPhone, but wait, there's more. And they give a kind of hug. They walk outside, and he's like, you, you got me. And she gives him one of those side hug things that they do there. And they look at each other like, ha, isn't it great? We got everything. And then they, then they go ahead, and I wonder, who the heck are these people? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I'm like, ah, the song even drives me crazy. <laughs> who are these people? Alexis only cost about 33000 to 89000 And I got to tell you, if somebody puts Alexis in my driveway, there's going to be a little yellow puddle there. You know what I mean? And if I give Melissa Alexis for Christmas, I better get more than a side hug. You with me? Yeah. But you see, we watch these Christmas things, these commercials for Christmas, and what does it tell us? Man, that's Christmas. If I could get something that big, if I could bring something that great, if I could do something that great, it would just be awesome and I could give Christmas. But as a kid, I didn't feel that way. Christmas is just different now. Now, don't raise your hand, but I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you have ever bought something, anything for someone that they didn't need or want, but you did it out of obligation because you had to get them a gift? Now don't, if they're sitting next to you, just look straight ahead, okay? Don't move, don't breathe, just go. I have no clue what you're talking about. Okay, just keep going, all right? You got it, and when you bought this thing, you were like, Whew, I'm done with that. And you didn't feel good about it. You just got it, and you're like, mm, done with them. Check, check, check them off. Because you have to get them something, right? Anybody have them? They're coming over to your house tomorrow? Right, you have those? Somebody raise your hand. I told you not to raise your hand. <laughs> now, right now, about this time, you're saying, okay, Jack, I know where you're going. It's not about, Christmas is not about uh, stuff. It's about Jesus. It's about his birthday. We've heard this before. Yeah, and that's true if it only happened once a year. But I got to tell you, when I really look at the mirror and I really look at my life, this is more how I act throughout the year than just one day. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross. Yet, I look kind of like a Lexus commercial many times in my life. I feel so unworthy. I feel like if I can't, I feel like that... Like the bad drummer boy, I ain't got nothing to give. So I'm not going to give anything. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm just talking about my life. I feel so unworthy. And there's people who are giving Lexus-sized gifts, and I ain't got nothing. But there's two people that when we don't give of ourselves that get ripped off. One is Jesus, and the other one's you and me. When we look at the Bible, and I want to look at the Bible here, um, in Romans the book of Romans, let me, let me, if you have it, turn with me there. Romans chapter 2. Let me get it here. Romans chapter 12, excuse me. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. 
makes an incredible statement. And it says, I'm going to start with two. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And listen to this in verse 3. For by God's grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to. Look at the person next to you and say, don't think more of yourself. All right. Then they can look at you and say the same thing. But you know what? This is what the scripture tells us. It tells us not to think highly of ourselves, but in other places it tells us also don't think of yourself as so low as you do. You're more than what people tell you. You're a child of, of, of God. You're a, king, you're a child of the prince. You're a prince and a princess. Like the drummer boy, we are told to give what we have because what does it say there? But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith which God has distributed to all of you. And I'm going to continue here. It's not on the screen. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So we in Christ, though many, form one body and each belongs to each other. In other words, we need a lot of parts of the body to function. If I work out every day and I look this good or this bad, depending on beauty and the eye, but my kidney's not working, I'm a mess. If my heart decides to stop right now, it would be a very memorable Christmas Eve service. But the rest of the body wouldn't work and function. There's so many of us that feel like the drummer boy that we don't have anything to give. But what do we need to give is to give ourselves back to God. So what is the number one gift that you can give to God? It's the gift of ourselves, and it's the gift of worship. When we look in Matthew chapter 2, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose in the east, and we have come to what? Worship him. We have come to worship him. The term worship is this term proskeneo, and it's not just about singing songs that we look at now. Worship means to bow down, to kneel, to fall flat. Let me ask, has anybody in your life, has anybody fallen flat in your life? Like you're headed for a goal, you're headed for some kind of kind of thing in life. It could have been you're headed for a relationship. You're headed for something in your job. You're headed for something in, um, in your family, and all of a sudden you fall flat. How'd that feel? Good? No, not really. So many times in our lives, we have fallen flat, flat on our faces, and we don't know what to do after that. We don't know where to turn. So what do we do? All these things, to fall flat, to adore, to reverence, they do a number of things. And the first thing that they do is honor. And so the remainder of our time together here in this message, I want to share with you something. And I want to share with you three reasons or three areas of presence why we worship Jesus. Number one, it has to do with honor. And it, we worship Jesus for who he is. We worship Jesus for who he is. Look at what it says here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 through 22. Mary will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, 
which means God with us. Emmanuel, which means God with us. Who is Jesus? He is Savior. He will save us from our sins. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And to the people at that point, that was heresy. That God would actually be with us. But who is Jesus according to the scripture? He is the door or the gate. He is the good shepherd who lays down his life. <coughs> he is the bread of life, and it's by no mistake that he was born in Bethlehem, which means house of bread. He is the living water. If you thirst for more, many times in our life we, hung, we, we have something and we still hunger. We hit an area in life and we still hunger for more. We hit an area where we say, this will satisfy my thirst, and guess what? We need more. Anybody ever been in a place in your life where you hit an area and you say, finally I've arrived, and guess what? You need more? He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is both the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God. He is Emmanuel with us. And that is who he is. But we also worship God for what he has done. <coughs> in 2 Timothy verses 1, 9 through 10, it says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and brought life. Somebody may say, you know what, I, I've heard about Jesus, but he's done nothing for me. And the only thing I can say to you is if he's done nothing for you and if you believe that, then you really don't know who he is. There's, the, there's a great statement that, some, that many people miss out on heaven through 18 inches from the distance between your heart and your head. That you may have a knowledge of Christ, but you just don't understand and haven't opened your heart to him. Know him and he will change you forever and ever. And the last thing that I want to share this Christmas Eve is we worship Jesus for what he will do, for what he will do in our lives. You see, what we've got to do when we worship Jesus for what we will do, it makes us vulnerable. It also makes us trust outside of our own selves. Because when we begin to trust outside of ourselves and be vulnerable, we recognize that God's got this. I think one of the hardest things in my life is to recognize and to allow God to say, I got this, Jack. I got it. I got it. But one of the things you need to recognize is that God loves you and has an awesome thing and an awesome plan in store for your life. Look at this verse from Isaiah chapter 20, excuse me, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was not a prophet where everything went very nice for him. Matter of fact, Jeremiah said, every time I open my mouth, somebody wants to kill me. So I want to keep my mouth shut, but God, your spirit fires up in me so much I got, to, I got to get it out or so I'm going to explode. And so here's what he says here. And he says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for you to prosper, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Let me say that again. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I can tell you as I've looked back on my life, over, particularly over the last 20 years. I've, this next year, I will be a pastor for 20 years. Many of you have heard that. I started when I was three. <laughs> but I recognize over those 20 years, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to you. It has not all been fun and daisies. Sometimes it's been the most miserable points of my life. Sometimes it has. 
I've met some of the most awesome people, and I've met some of the most hateful people in my life. I have met people who've had lives changed, and I met people who would not change their lives if Jesus was standing right in front of them and showed them, here I am. Change your life. I remember Christmas, the first uh, Christmas that I was in Lewis. My family was up here. I got in a car at 2 o'clock. I went down to Lewis. I did three services, one at 5, one at 7, and one at 12 midnight. I don't know why people want to do them at 12 midnight. I know it turns Christmas. I think Jesus is asleep as well. <laughs> but I did it. And I got in my car at 1 o'clock. And Santa and I are the only people awake. And I drove two hours plus from Lewis, Delaware here. And I talked to my dad on the phone so I would not fall asleep. But guess what? The next day was Sunday. So this church that had 1,000 members and had about 400 attending at the time decided, let's have church because people want to come. And guess what happened? I got, in my, I got up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and Rachel happened to be sick and throwing up. That's always fun to start your day off on Merry Christmas. I got in my car. I went all the way back down. There, the place was filled with all 8 or 10 people. Let me say it again. 8 or 10 people. And a cake that could have fed Coxie's army. And half of those people weren't from our church. But their churches said, ah, we're going to take off and give the people who serve a break and worship God together at home. And then we, we did that. I got back in my car. I rode all the way home, and it was the year the Polar Express came out. And my family put that in. And the next thing I remember was the day after Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It was miserable. It was so miserable, I said, let's do this again next year. Let's all do it on Monday. I've had times in my life where leaders who are in the church were supposed to be there to speak for God, and I've seen them do anything else and use the church and everything else they could to step up and step on anybody in the way. I've seen people who I have loved dearly turn on you and treat you like you're your bitter enemy. And guess what? You guys have too, not only in the church but the world. But when I look at this, I recognize that through it all, God had a greater plan for my life than I even saw. People around me couldn't even see it. When I started saying, God, you know, God started putting me in these places to start a church, which is crazy when you recognize that most churches fail within the first year. Eighty-some percent, almost 90% fail within the first year. And so what's all this about? And God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, Jack plans for you to prosper, to give you hope and a future. Wherever you are in your life, hear this. You may be in a transitional point in your life, and you may be wondering, where is it, God? Where are you? And he says, hey, hey, you may not have it all figured out, but hear me. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. What I've learned in my life is even though people won't have my back all the time, God does. And so we worship God for who he is. He's Savior. He's Emmanuel. You may be vulnerable, and the Magi were too, and they traveled for a baby. Have you ever met a two-year-old? 
Has anybody ever seen a two-year-old? There is nothing good about them. Oh, they're cute, but they're evil. Am I right? Anybody here have a two-year-old? There you go. They're cute. Oh, they are. But they will kick you in the head. They will try to get whatever they want. They'll take things from you. They'll do nothing. Babies do nothing but poop and vomit on you. But in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, turn with me there if you have your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 20 says this. See, I told you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, how much? How much? Than we can ask or imagine. How many of you can ask for an awful lot? Come on, if somebody doesn't have their hand up, hit them because they're lying. I can ask for a whole bunch of stuff. I want that Lexus in my driveway, am I right? I would look good in a Lexus, don't you think? Then all the, more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. To him be all glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Your marriage may be falling apart, but guess what? He can do immeasurably more. Your finances may be crap, and he can do immeasurably more. Your relationships may be junk, and he can do immeasurably more. You may be frustrated with your job, but guess what? God can do immeasurably more. Jeremiah told us, for I know the plans I have for you. Declares the, declares the Lord. Plans for you to what? Prosper. To give you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. The best is yet to come. You know, it reminds me of keeping the fork. You know what I mean? You remember how, like, you would sit around the table at a holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner, and your grandmother would come around? You with me here now? Come around, and you had been eating your dinner, and then she said, keep the fork. And you'd lick it off, and you'd keep it there. Right? Why'd you have to keep the fork? dessert was coming. Oh, you may have filled yourself with them slippery dumplings from Milton, Delaware. You may have had the best turkey, you may, the best stuffing that you could ever put in your mind, but guess what was coming? Sweet potato pie, pecan pie, ice cream on, on that, that, oh my gosh, I'm getting hungry now. That, that apple pie with that crust, it was there, wasn't it? You guys hungry? Because the best is yet to come. And what God wants to tell you here today is, don't put the fork on the plate and send it away. Hold on to the fork. Because I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. To give you hope and a future. The best is yet to come. Worship him for who he is. Worship him for what he's done. Worship him for what he will do. Because guess what? You are the Lexus in God's driveway. That's what he wants. Amen? Amen? All right, let's go. At this time, we're going to honor God. I believe we have some people who are serving communion. Um, did we get any people to serve? Please come forward if you're going to serve communion. And um, I will tell you um, that we, we have the communion elements. And communion is just, there's certain rules to communion, and here they are. You've got to love God. 
You want to live at peace with one another? That doesn't mean that you're at peace with everybody. Because guess what? If you're at peace with everybody in your life, um, I want to meet you because you're probably Jesus' brother or sister. All right? Or you're probably him incarnate again. Because many of us have people that we're not in peace with. And you want to, you love God. You want to live at peace with one another. You want to repent of your sin. We all miss the mark of God. Sin is that word, but it just means we miss the mark. And so what we recognize is through this gift, Jesus himself took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat this. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this and remember to me. He gave it to us after he gave it to his disciples. Once again, he took the cup. And this is on the night in which he gave himself up for us. And again, he blessed it. And he said, thank you, Lord God, for fruit of the vine that we may have drink. And he gave it to his disciples and said, take and drink from this, all of you. This is my blood for you and for many. He poured out for the men- forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it and remember to me. Now, these are ordinary elements of bread and grape juice here. And what we do is we recognize that it's because of Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Bethlehem meaning house of bread, a bakery where the bread of life came. We also recognize that it would have been the cup of redemption that I came to take away all those sins and to make things right with you. That's why I came. Most babies are born to live. Jesus' path from Bethlehem led to a place to die and to rise again for you and for me. Because I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. Does anybody here want to prosper? Not to suffer harm? Is that what you want? Do you want the things of God to prosper you? Then trust in him here today. So as you come forward today, you're going to receive some bread, and the pers- you can have your hands ready, and the person will take it and say, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ given for you, the body of Christ given for you, the body of our Lord given for you, the body of Christ given for you, the body of Christ broken for you, the body of Christ broken for you, our Lord's body broken and given for you. The body of Christ broken 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 for you. And then we'll have three different stations for the cup. They'll come and you'll just immerse it in there. The blood of Christ shed for you. And for many, for the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Christ. The blood of our Lord shed for you. And for many, for the forgiveness of sins. The blood of Christ poured out for you. Our Lord's blood shed for you. His blood given for you, Thomas. The blood of Christ poured out for you. For many. Um, One of the things I want to share is that also we recognize during this time we have a lot of people with um, gluten um, things as well. And so this line here will also have some gluten-free wafers that are on the table. If you want to go ahead and partake of that, please come during this aisle. What I'm going to ask is that you'll come from the back this way up 
and then around and be served. And if you just want to make a place at the altar, feel free to do that. This side, come from this way out, and that side, come from the aisle down and around the outside. But again, if you, would, if you need to have the gluten-free, just make your way over to this part. We want to make sure everybody has a chance to participate in the body of Christ because we who are many are one in the Lord. And as that happens, just worship the Lord together and just celebrate this time as this Christ child. Don't worry if you're not a member here. Don't worry about anything else like that. Also, um, Liz, um, would you guys come up to, to um, we have um, the ushers here also, and if you want to give your offering um, or your Christmas offering, they'll be standing here at both areas so that you can go ahead and drop that in the plate as you go. And just please come and worship the Lord. That's what we're here to do. Just worship and connect to him for who he was, for what he's done, for what he's doing, and for what he will do in your life. Amen. I've heard about this baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy and I just want to sing this song goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift. With every breath I'm singing hallelujah, 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 came to Bethlehem expecting child they searched the inn to find a place for you were coming soon there was no room for them to stay so in a manger filled with hay God's only son was born oh
rescue me This baby boy would grow to be A man and one day die for me The nails in you That rugged cross Was my cross too Still every breath you drew Was hallelujah 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 this time we come to the time of our service to the candlelight portion of our service where we'll sing silent night and hopefully everybody received one if you didn't just kind of raise your hand we'll make sure you get them you turn them on by the bottom and so i'm gonna ask you to stand up as we sing this song that has been sung for many years from the point when it was a mistake that it was written on an organ the bellows broke and they had to go ahead and play it on a guitar a song called stille nacht and um it's it's a song that was actually sung one time during the war and both sides decided to call a truce, and they all came together and they sang this song and celebrated Christmas together. Because Jesus is truly the one that can bring other things together, because he, I know the plans I have for you. And so as you light up this candle, as I mentioned earlier today, and we sing the words of Silent Night, I want you to recognize that you are Christ's light to someone else into a dark world. I want you to think of an individual in your life, somebody that may may not have much light in their life. Somebody that may be dark, somebody that may be depressed, someone that may be ill, somebody that may be hurting, and to say, how can I be the light of Christ to them? So during this time, just stand as we sing Silent Night. Oh 
from that yeah we have the screens on but if you look if you just take it and just turn it a little bit and turn that light off look how dark it gets how dark it gets that's the world without Christ but we have a world that God sent his son Jesus into and when that happened he shared his light with shepherds he shared his light with the wise men he shared his light with disciples and he shared his light with you and me. And so now when we light it up, look at the change that it makes. So we can all see. My prayer is that you will be the light to somebody in this world. That somebody today may have heard for the first time in their lives. That although life seems like it's like this, Jesus says, and God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. To, not to harm you but to give you hope and a future.
I pray that this is a very Merry Christmas and that you start this year in a way that, that the light of Christ lights up your life and many others. Amen? All right. I just want to tell you all to have a very, very, very Merry Christmas. May God be with you now and forevermore. Sunday, if you want to come back on Sunday, Sunday the theme will be change. That's what we're getting ready for, right? Change. Have a very Merry Christmas. Tell somebody Merry Christmas. And you can also put these, there'll be uh, ushers at the door to collect them. Thank you.